How are we doing today? How many for you, the weather takes you from a really terrible place to an okay place and from an okay place to an awesome place? Anybody? Okay. See, that is great. Now, imagine this. You're living in that every day growing up, and then you realize there's other types of weather. Okay? For those of you that don't know, I grew up in San Diego, so it was like that all the time, and I couldn't appreciate the good weather until I got here, and it does put you in a good mood. It really does. So, Lord, thank you for it. Well, we're going to enter some more prayer. We want to center ourselves this morning in what Jesus has for us. And I want you to, I want to encourage you to ask these questions. What do you want to say to me? Now, before we do that, I want to ask, as we get into prayer, we are trying to engage the core of relationship with Jesus, which is a sense of vulnerability. And in that, I, I ask certain questions to you because I want opportunity for us to practice. So I'm going to ask you something right now of a vulnerable nature, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And, and if it's you, I, w- I would encourage you to. It's a way to practice. And then we're going to bring that before prayer. How many carried in something heavy, and it's affecting you? And it's okay. All right. So um, I want to encourage you this morning to allow God into that place and to focus uh, on him as best you can this morning. So, Lord, we thank you. We ask, what do you want to say to us? What do you want to say to us in the midst of our grief, our challenge, being overwhelmed, stressed, anxiety, fear, whatever it may be? How would you have us respond? I feel the Lord leading in this. I'm going to pray this and um, if this is, is for some of you, okay. Lord, we pray against a spirit of resentment that is connected to a let-down expectation. We pray that that resentment would not keep us from you in any way, shape, or form, but thrust us into your presence. Lord, we pray against fear this morning. We pray against distraction. It's not about just coming to church so we can say we came to church. We want to engage you together. So help us do so this morning. And we want you to simply uh, have your way. Simply have your way. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a quick recap, especially for those that are guests today or have only been here the last couple of weeks. The last couple of, I can't believe this. The last couple of years we've been in the book of Romans and we're in the middle of it. We're, we'll be entering chapter 7 in a few weeks. Uh, but we felt that we needed to take a little hiatus from it to focus on this place of non-negotiable vulnerability. And it is so fun to talk about, even more fun to practice. Um, this is sarcasm, by the way, for some of you. <laughs> uh, but it is a non-negotiable and life with Jesus. And the kind of vulnerability I'm talking about is when Jesus leads us to share what we're going through, what we've been through, we do it. And part of the hesitation of that is, I don't know if I can trust the person I'm sharing to. Now remember, this is, this is under the banner of Jesus leading. So the question isn't, do I trust this person? The question is what? Do I trust Jesus? Enough to risk it all. 
Because vulnerability is not the same as sharing something personal. Now, it can be, but I share a lot of things that are personal. They don't have weight on me anymore. There's no risk. Vulnerability, you're risking harm to yourself. That's why we don't like it. Betrayal, judgment, people making their own meaning, being misunderstood. How many hate being misunderstood? Hate it. I absolutely hate being misunderstood. And then I have to over-explain myself. And it sounds like I'm defending myself because I don't want to be misunderstood. Vulnerability is not fun, but it's necessary. Every encounter Jesus had, you see him in a vulnerable state. You do. And I've said a million times, you know why we have the cross on here? It's not just so we can look like a church. And holy, that was the most vulnerable thing anyone could ever do. Because some of his last words were, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's that's heavy, is it not? The king of the world, that's what he says on the cross. In the garden, he's abandoned by his disciples. And not not just his, his, his top three guys. And when he's in that garden, he prays and asks the Lord if it be his will to let the cup, this cup of sorrow pass him by. He wasn't afraid of judgment or being misunderstood. He was being real and true, vulnerable, authentic. When he encounters people in the Gospels, he knows what they're feeling and he knows what they're thinking. He goes after that stuff. The real stuff. And he's leading us as individuals and as his bride, his church, to come to a place where we trust him so much, so much, that he has complete access to our story, who we are. Let me tell you this. Here's the reality of walking with Jesus. If you said, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. I want to walk with you. I surrender my life to you. Guess what it means to surrender your life to someone? Is it yours? Yes or no? No, it's not yours. But we live, we live as if it's still ours. Do we have decisions to make? Yes. But as a Christian, as a Christian, as someone that loves Jesus, we must strive every day to put him in everything, to start our day with him, surrender ourselves to him in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, because that's what he asks from us. And it's the only way that we can walk this life. I've tried walking my life without Jesus. It's awful. And I can fool myself for a little while that it might be good, but it's not. Walking with him costs everything and gives you everything. Everything you didn't think you wanted or knew you needed. It's what it does. He unravels us and then remixes. It's the beauty of it. So this vulnerability thing is hard, but good and right and true. Now, some of the things I want to talk about this morning and address is that when you begin to open the door of vulnerability as either a sharer, someone sharing their stuff, 
or listening, there's a sense of zero control that you have about certain things. One, as the sharer, you cannot force the person to receive it the way you want them to. That's why we trust Jesus with that. As the hearer, you cannot control what they want to share with you. And it may shock you. Say that again. It may shock you. And this is what I want to talk about a little bit today. When we open up this vulnerability, which we have, I found in my life, I don't know how to shut it off. I'm either in it or I'm not in it. I'm kind of an all-in person anyway. That's not to say there isn't wisdom and discernment on how you share and what you share. But, whew, the response I've been getting has been fascinating. Some of it's good, and some of it is a little weird and challenging. How many know the acronym TMI? Too much information. I don't know if I said that in the last service. People are going, what's TMI? I thought that was universal. Too much information. How many have shared something? Someone said, well, that was TMI. How many have shared something with you? And you go, whoa, TMI. Okay. As someone that the Lord will lead people to, that being you, to share their story, you cannot ever say TMI if they are giving you the gift of their story. And I don't mean just with your words. I mean with your face. I have the worst poker face in the history of humanity. I look like that I've gone through acupuncture and someone hit the wrong nerve. I can't lie. I can't hide it. And people pick up those micro expressions, even if you fix it right away. And you go, no notice, no notice, no notice. They notice. I remember learning all this early on in ministry and someone shared something with me and I went, oh. And then I tried to pretend I had an itch. It was pathetic. Everyone knew I was shocked, you know, and I'm going, oh, yeah, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you, holy smokes. And what it did to that person was shut them down. It shut them down. We are shepherds of people's stories as the church because Jesus within you is the safest place. Jesus is the safest place. And as we walk with Jesus, people are going to come to you and they're going to share stuff with you and it's going to shock you at times. Now, the, the great thing about this, this journey we've been in together, I've been hearing stories from all over the map of reconciliation of relationships that did not seem like they had a chance. But they engaged it. They engaged the vulnerability. Some engaged the vulnerability and didn't get what they wanted. Some engaged the vulnerability and got shocked by people and people responded poorly. Now, one of the things that I've been striving to do, especially here, is when I ask, while I'm walking, when I'm in the cafe, when I'm going to the bathroom, wherever it may be, how are you doing? And then not let anyone get away with good, how are you? If it takes half a second to say, good, how are you? Whoa, that was like auto response. Now, they may be good, but maybe not. Now, when someone asks me, as much as I hate it, 
Because I don't want to be, even though I want to be known, I don't want to be known. Catch my drift? People will say to me, how are you doing? And I try to be honest. And sometimes when I'm honest, this is what I've heard. That was TMI. So, for example, I'm just going to say it. Okay, you ready for it? I'm looking for shocked faces. It's not that shocking, but some people are like, you saying that from the pulpit? Someone asked me, how are you doing? I said, I got to pee like mad. Yes, I said pee out loud. And they go, that's, that's TMI. I go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. What's TMI about this? I have to go to the bathroom. You ask me how I'm doing. I'm hurting. I got to go to the bathroom. Now, some say you don't need to share that. Well, look, I am practicing vulnerability. For me, it's always been extremes. So I can get it. I can't just visit it. I have to be in it. It's like with actors, method acting. Some, some actors just need to be in that character till the movie's over. <laughs> when it begins and ends. That's kind of me. I have to be in it. I don't work in, in these you know, modest ways. I've got to be extreme about it or else it doesn't get through the thick skull and the thick heart. So for me, I go, all right, how am I doing? Spiritually, I'm okay. I, I like people pretty much today, better than yesterday. But I really got to go to the bathroom. That's affecting my mood. Hence, I got to go to the bathroom. Look, if we can't handle someone saying, I got to pee, how are you going to handle their deep stuff? How are we going to do that? <gasps> TMI, he's got to go to the bathroom. Oh my gosh, we're in trouble. If that's throwing you off. What happens when I share with you that I'm struggling with A, B, C, and D, and I don't know what to do? What happens when someone shares, life doesn't look so good, and I don't know if I want to live it? <gasps> TMI, fix it now. Do something. Get out of this discomfort now. No. The reason why Jesus says over and over and over in scriptures, and why God says over and over, the same person, but it's over and over and over. I am with you. It's so that we listen with him, do things with him, share with him right there. Because if not left to ourselves, guess what? We make our own meaning, TMI, too much information. That makes me uncomfortable. Your comfort doesn't matter. <gasps> That's a bold statement for some. And I don't like hearing that. I like being comfortable. Don't you? I don't. The Lord said to me years ago, years ago, and I would use this to just dismiss people, but it is true. The Lord said to me, I want you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, gosh. Is that the way my life's going to be, always uncomfortable? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's been that way. And I don't like it. You don't like it. But when we come here, we've forfeited our human comfort. I'll say it again. Paul says, 1-1 of Romans, I, Paul, a slave to Christ. The word slave, choose to have no choice. I've given it. Now, somebody say, Brendan, that's really extreme. You, we, we, yeah. <laughs> It has to be because it's so contrary to how we want to live life. I want control. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. See, we need to engage these things that we know. 
I can say to you, vulnerability is important. And what would you say? It is. You know that. I would say to you, is, ask you the question, is Jesus everything? You would say, yes. You know that. Jesus says that. I am the way, the truth, the life. He says it. We know that. We need to engage it. And that's more than just doing something. That is thrusting yourself into a reality in God's presence and wrestling with it. It is not always as clean as getting something done in the name of Jesus and that's how I'm engaging. No, you're engaging everything. The fear, the frustration, the anxiety, the worry. We like to know stuff, but if we don't engage what we know, it doesn't matter. I was driving, on my way driving here this morning, it's about a 12-mile drive. I, for whatever reason, it was so beautiful out, and for whatever reason, I started to think about, what would it be like if I had to make this trek on a horse? Because that's what you think about before you preach. And so I was going, it's such a beautiful day out, I want to ride a horse. And I live across from a horse farm, so that's kind of where it comes from. So I'm like, man, we've come a long way. I mean, I can get that far, take a few hours maybe with a horse. I don't know. I haven't ridden a horse that far to know, so maybe, maybe not. But it'd take a lot longer time than the 15-minute drive it takes me to get from my home to church. And I started thinking about how much we know as human beings. We can fly in a silver tube 40,000 feet in the air and get back where we want to relatively safely. What? What? Let's not, and let's not underestimate the power of the wheel. <laughs> right? We've evolved. Our technology has evolved and has increased. And we've got people that are held at this high status because of breakthrough and what they know and what they've done. I have not seen anyone who is honest and authentic being held that high outside of Jesus saying, this person is a mastery of vulnerability, a mastery of relationship, a mastery of connection. Because as human beings, as a whole, we have not gotten there. We've gotten to all these other places with what we know because we've engaged these things. Why? They don't cost the same. Proverbs says, understanding will cost you everything. Walking with Jesus costs us everything. This is why we don't see a lot of churches, and this is not to be judgment, this is observation, doing this. Why? Because it seems insane. It's messy. It's painful. It's hard. How many have begun engaging vulnerability? It's okay. Has it, now, the results might be good, but has it been fun every step of the way? Has been like, you know what? Give me that for breakfast and lunch and dinner. I would love that. No, this series has ruined me. And I don't say that lightly. It has undone me. 
unraveled me to the core. This is not a job for me. This is not a sermon for me. I am more than not am processing with you for the first time out loud, and I hate it. I hate it. Why? Because I'm exposed. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have any privacy. I have to lock myself in the bathroom when I get home to get privacy. And then my kids' fingers are coming out from under the doors. You can't go anywhere. Everyone knows your stuff. Nothing is sacred. I can't shower without someone knocking on the door. I can't go to the bathroom without someone knocking on the door. I can't even take a walk without someone following me or someone talking to me or running into someone I know. Where do we go? Where do I get away from this? Guess what? I gave my life to Jesus. I don't get to. I don't get to. I know these things, but my life has to engage them and live them, and it's awful. (laughs) I'm really selling this on you, aren't I? You just can't wait to do this. But it's so good. Because what God unravels, he reshapes and remakes with ever-increasing glory. And he's reshaping his church, folks. He's unraveling us and remaking us. But we must choose to engage. We want it to be about getting things done. We want it, that's easy stuff. We want it to be about task in the name of Jesus because then it doesn't cost me time and maybe some energy, but it doesn't necessarily cost me everything. I often ask the Lord in this unraveling process I've been going through, when are we going to be done? Because I don't have, I said this to Mark last week, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have anything left to give. Everyone knows my stuff which feels unfair. What do I have to give? I, I, don't, I don't know. I have engaged what I know to the best of my ability, and I got nothing. Am I going to constantly have to look at this, and this is how I feel at times, as a curse, or the altar of sacrifice? I want it to be a blessing. Now I'm just being as vulnerable as I can be with you. And then I have to stop. Look at what I know and engage. When Joshua was going into the promised land, what did God say to him? Fear not. Take courage. What? I'm with you. I know that, but I have to engage that. So I had to begin to check my proximity, and I went... Lord, where am I with you? And sometimes it happens unknowingly. But I realized he's way over there and I'm over here. And then when I re-engaged him, I went, I do have more to give. I do have more. Because he blesses me to overflowing. And when I look at what it costs more than I look at who I have... I'm always going to be, I don't know what more I have to give. See, the information of all this isn't enough. I have to step into it. You have to step into it. And some of us are doing that, but we have to do it every day. And there's grace. Jesus isn't a tyrant. He'd rather you get it and know him better through it than just do it and not know him at all. 
So there's grace for that. But as a church, our vision is to build a safe place to be with and become like Jesus. The safe place is not the building, it's your heart. It's who you are. Jesus within you. We're not trying to build a safe building. Building a safe building to be with and come like Jesus. No! The Lord is building safe people to be with and become like Jesus. You, me, and we have to go through the hard work. Now, I, again, going back, I, I meet with pastors on a regular basis. And we had uh, one of my friends, and he said I could share this. One of my friends had an off Sunday, and he didn't have to preach, so he comes here. And Mark was preaching a doozy about how to receive vulnerability and all this stuff. And I'm laughing because I know my friend. And I'm going, he is going to leave early. <laughs> and he left early. And I talked to him after. He sent me a text that was nice, and then I talked to him in person. He goes, now this I want you to receive, okay? Your church, and it's not my church, by the way, but he said it this way, has got something amazing going on. And this is encouragement, not boasting, only in him. He says, amazing thing going on. I had to leave because your people were almost too nice. When they asked me how I was doing, I said, good. And they said, why am I good? I went, oh, no, I need to get out of here. So as soon as Mark was done, he left because he goes, I would have been required to reach a level of vulnerability I don't want to reach. Thank you for being honest. Other pastor friends, not all of them. They want to do it themselves, but to lead a congregation in it is messy. Because guess what? We have a lot of festering wounds. We have a lot of fears and trepidations. We have a lot of things that can get in the way of this. Well, guess what? Jesus came into a world that was a mess, and he brought order and peace and life and hope and joy and reconciliation. We are to step into the mess, embrace the mess, not be afraid of the mess. The whole point is to step into what Jesus wanted from the beginning. He said, God, my God, I want the children that you've given me to be with me to see your glory. With me. We don't stay with him necessarily by just doing stuff or knowing a lot of stuff. I know people that know scripture way better than me, but they don't know Jesus. What a shame. If knowing is what we're after instead of engaging that which we know, allowing that to speak in our lives. We cannot, when people dare to give us the gift of vulnerability, ever say, TMI. Because what they are doing is faithfulness in the eyes of Jesus. And how we receive that how we receive that is everything. And you can only do that with Jesus. When we receive and listen with Jesus, we see what we need to see. We hear what we need to hear. We shut up when we need to shut up. We don't feel the need to fix our discomfort level. We don't feel the need to fix them because I can't fix them with wisdom. Proverbs never fixed me, even though it's some of the wisest stuff. Jesus was one that brought life to that. 
Great, we got good information. Six steps so you're never feeling bad again. How'd that go? A happy life for dummies. How'd that go? No. Because he transcends the emotional and even the mental content we can come up with. He just wants you. And when we are with him, we engage. And this isn't about making us feel bad about what we haven't done or did do that we wish we hadn't done. That's not what this is about. What do we step into today? Who do we step into today? So that when he leads us to people and puts people in our way, some people you don't want to talk to, how do you yoke yourself with him so that you can hear with him? Because he is everything. God's made it very clear to me he doesn't care about my comfort. (laughs) At least that's how I interpret it. I'm making meaning out of it. He cares about my heart and it looking like his. And I was so grateful to hear from people I know and love that they encountered Jesus' heart here. You have to hear that from me as your pastor, that that blesses my heart in ways you can't possibly imagine. I have to pinch myself sometimes. And in all honesty, I sometimes think, when's when's the shoe going to drop? That's not where our mind needs to be. Lord, what are you saying and how do we engage? That's what that means. How do we respond? How do we engage? That which we know, how do we engage and do that with you? Are you with me? All right. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. I'm overwhelmed by your graciousness and your patience with us. I'm overwhelmed how you are the most misunderstood person in the universe. And you love us beyond measure. I love that your love transcends our false interpretations of you, our unhealthy pictures of you, all of that misunderstanding and the shapes it takes and forms it takes. You love us still, and you walk with us, and you're patient with us still. We thank you that you want to be with us, and that's your heart's desire, is to have us with you, to keep us close. as we enter this place, continue to enter this place of vulnerability, which is scary and it's hard and it's painful at times, may we uh, have the courage to receive, embrace, and engage the reality that you are with us and yield to your spirit and learn, if it's hard for some, to identify your spirit and listen to you and hear you as people share their stories with us and as we share ours with them based off your leading and where you are and what you're doing. I thank you for this church family, a gift. I thank you how you're helping us engage all this stuff and to hear the breakthrough, even through the heartache, the breakthrough that's happening. I thank you that this and every other church family, your church, not a pastor's, 
a leader's, a lay member, it's yours. We are your body, your bride, and you love your bride. And I thank you for that. May we be courageous and not fear, for you are with us. Lord, we pray a blessing over our tithes and our offerings, and that we would see this not through woundings of the past experiences, not through what, what will this cost me, what, but through the spirit of worship and thanksgiving. Whatever it may be, time, money, relationships, all we have is yours. We've given it to you by saying yes to you. We pray for your wisdom to be upon us and your Holy Spirit to help us engage, to engage you, to exercise that wisdom in ways that honor you and glorify you. So we pray a blessing over these gifts. They be used for your glory and your kingdom that people would know you, intimately know you. And we thank you. Bless the remainder of our time in worship that we would do so in spirit and in truth with a reckless abandon. Thank you, Lord, for your worthy. In Jesus' name.
sing this with us. I let out the sails of my heart. Oh, here I am, here you are. I let out the sails of my heart. Here I am, here you are. I let out the sails of my heart. Oh 